Mm. Ah. I've started doing that at work, and uh, Rich, who listens to these episodes, uh, he always giggles. Don't know why. Anyway, good morning. It is Wednesday the 14th of November, and you are very welcome indeed to day 14 of my Napopomo project for 2018. Now, today, um, it's a weird one because uh, there was a, a couple of instances yes, instances yesterday, can't even speak, um, where things happened by coincidence. So I put out a call on yesterday's show for more questions, please, because I was running out. So I wasn't too surprised when I got two emails um, at about, I don't know, half past seven. I suppose that's enough time for somebody to have listened to yesterday's show, up seven in the morning, saying, oh, I have a couple of questions for you. So I, I dropped a message back to uh, to the originator of those emails and said, well, have you listened to the show already? And he said, oh, no, I'm a couple of days behind, but um, I, I thought I'd send these to you, which I thought was quite amazing because I had just asked for them, just received them, but actually the, the request for questions and the supply of questions were completely unrelated. And the second coincidence was I listened yesterday to Jonathan's Day 12 episode. Um, now, what was interesting there is that his Day 12 episode was talking about the London Underground and the uh, the Oyster card and how the Oyster card works. And yet, on the same day as he recorded and released that episode, I had just received my Trent Barton mango card. Now, uh, Jonathan mentioned in a, a little bit of detail about the Robin Hood card that is um, used for payments for public transport within Nottingham. Well, the Trent Barton card is another alternative of doing that. Now, I, I got a Trent Barton card because I spend, um, I don't know, a couple of days, a month maybe, um, travelling into Nottingham. Uh, and when I travel into Nottingham, I always park at Hucknall Park, park and Ride and get the tram in. And I found out that if I bought a mango card, <coughs> I could save, you know, 10% on every journey I made. Well, it seemed daft not to. So I ended up getting myself one. But again, it was just a coincidence, coincidence that I'd already requested and paid for this card. And it arrived on the day that Jonathan decided to do an episode talking about contactless travel cards. Really weird. Anyway, that then prompted me to talk about what I'm going to talk about today. I am a phenomenally huge nerd. What? That's a surprise to you? No, of course not. Um, and as uh, Jonathan was talking about on his uh, Day 12 episode, um, about parts of the London Underground network that you may not already know about and as he quite rightly said there are some stations on the london underground that are on the established lines but you never see because you just shoot straight through them and some of them are stations that used to exist some of them are stations that are um uh disused some of them are stations that 
I think, were created but never actually um, implemented. And, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> and uh, there is a website. In fact, there are a number of websites that look specifically at the London Underground and its unknown history. One of these is unground-history.co.uk. And don't worry, I'll put links to all of these in the show notes. And this one uh, looks particularly at some of the um, disused stations that exist on the London Underground. So, for example, there is a station called... Is it that one? Yeah, there's a station called Aldwych on the Piccadilly line on the London Underground. Um, so I'm about to go into a lot of detail about it, and to be honest with you, you'd be better off looking yourself. Um, there's a lot of information that's provided. There's there's a lot of narrative. There's a lot of photographs. Um, there's a lot of, um, of really, really geeky and nerdy information about these stations, uh, including the fictional Wolford East, which is the... <laughs> <laughs> the underground station that is um, featured in the UK uh, soap opera EastEnders. Um, but anyway, I'm going to let you um, uh, look at that site at your leisure. But for, for me, it is a really interesting um, uh, resource to have a look at some of the things around you that you just wouldn't either have known about or even cared about. So I would invite you to go and have a look at that, definitely. There's another site that does a very similar thing called Subterranea Britannica, um, which is a bit of a play on the Encyclopedia Britannic, Britannica name, uh, which, as some of some people of an age will remember, um, used to have uh, people knocking at your front door saying, would you like to buy this 27-volume um, set of books? Of course, now we have Wikipedia, so the Encyclopedia Britannica really isn't uh, relevant anymore. Um, but uh, Subterranea Britannica, that look at... Um, anything underground within the UK, within Britain. Um, and that could be railway tunnels, it could be nuclear bunkers, it could be um, uh, disused mines. Uh, so that's another interesting one if you're, look, if you're keen to have a look at uh, the kind of things that you wouldn't normally have known about because they're quite literally could be under your feet. Moving on from underground to uh, the ground... Um, one other thing that I, I really have an interest on is the UK transport infrastructure, particularly the road network. Now, there are um, a number of TV shows here in the UK. There's one that's running at the moment called um, Britain, Britain's Busiest Motorway. Uh, and it's a bit of a, I suppose, a documentary on the M25, which is the London Orbital Motorway, which you may or may not know, actually. Fun fact, the M25 is not a complete circle. Mm. That's an interesting one. Um, it, yeah, so it, it's talking about the the people that, that manage it, the people that police it, um, and the effect that accidents and traffic jams have on the rest of of the um, road network that surrounds it. Um, and I don't know why I have an interest in roads and motorways. There was another uh, documentary a few months back about the, the M1, which was the UK's, I think it was the UK's first motorway. 
Um, and there was a three-part documentary about how that was built. And the um, the controversy that was caused by the creation of this motorway. And what's really interesting is I remember vividly when this motorway first opened, you had people parked up on the side of the road, sitting on the road, having a picnic. Now, of course, in the current day, you can't do that. It's phenomenally illegal. Um, bear with me a second. My theme music's about to start. Um, yeah, phenomenally illegal to stop and have a picnic on the side of the motorway. But when the M1 was first uh, put in place, it was there was no um, regulation in place to say you couldn't stop on the motorway. Uh, it happened very soon afterwards. Um, there was also no speed limits. Ooh, that would have been nice. Anyway, I want to point you towards a website called Pathetic. Pathetic Motorways. Pathetic, pathetic.org.uk And this one, this website tells you about um, motorways and uh, M-routes that the author of this site considers to be utterly pathetic. And it has them in a number of different categories. You've got current, former, unbuilt, lost, secretive, unfinished. So looking at um, current ones, for example, if, let's see if I can find one that's um, near to me. Uh, so, all right, well, we'll go, we'll go with this one. So the, the M, um, hang on, is it that one or is it the other one? No, it's that one. So the M181, which is a motorway not far from here, actually. Um, <clears throat> it's just it's just this side of uh, Scunthorpe. And uh, basically, there's a, there's a page that shows you why this, um, why this motorway has been included on this website. So it does it in the form of a, of a narrative. So um, M181 Scunthorpe Spur... Where is it? So just west of Scunthorpe. Can you show me that on a map? Certainly, and it has a link to it. When was it built? 1978. What makes this a pathetic motorway? Where to start? What do you mean by that? Okay, it's only two miles long and it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's just an overgrown slip road and pretty much dead straight. So it's pretty pathetic then? Yes, it is, although it does manage a massively overambitious junction with the M80, delusions of grandeur if I ever saw them. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, <coughs> but... It, it is really interesting, particularly if, if it's web, uh, uh, motorways that you are familiar with. Um, it has things like uh, the M50, which if I'm not mistaken, I am mistaken. Which is the one that goes around the uh, goes around Manchester? I can't remember. Anyway, again, as before, go and have a look um, at the uh, at the website. Uh, and there is a lot of really useful, geeky, nerdy information in there. Um, I am actually going to highlight one, if I can find it. There it is. The A308M, um, which apparently is the shortest, one of the shortest motorways uh, in the country. Uh, and it is 0.6 of a mile long, less than a kilometre long. Um, and it, it basically it, it comes off of um, the M4, Maidenhead, and it's effectively, it's, it's, it's a spur road, it's a slip road. But it's been designated M status for, I don't know why, who knows why. It's absolutely crazy. But anyway, it's 
I find it quite interesting. I'm going to get ribbed about this at work. Uh, and the last one I want to cover off today uh, are things that um, tower above uh, the ground. And that is, I have a phenomenal fascination with transmitter towers. And again, I don't know why. I just find the towers themselves imposing. I find them intriguing. Um, and it doesn't help that we actually have one of the UK's biggest transmitter towers within sight of here. So uh, the Emily Moore transmitter tower, which is uh, an absolutely huge transmitter. Um, if you give me a second, I can tell you exactly how tall it is. Um, how do I do that? Dooby dooby doo. Uh, alphabetical list of sites. Um, oh, that didn't work. Anyway, it's a flipping tall concrete structure, um, which in itself you might think, okay, that's not that exciting. Uh, but what is exciting about it is there's a huge amount of history for this one transmitter where um, its predecessor uh, collapsed in... Um, trying to think well, how long ago it was. It was a heck of a long time ago. Uh, it collapsed in bad weather because the uh, the guide ropes that were securing it um, got snow logged and snapped. And then the whole transmitter tower that, um, uh, fell down um, and everybody lost their uh, lost their television. Um, but the, the new transmitter tower, which is a a phenomenal concrete structure. You can see it for absolutely miles. If you're travelling northbound on the M1 um, from where we are, South Yorkshire, up towards uh, Leeds and beyond, uh, you can see this this really imposing needlepoint um, structure in the uh, in the the westward distance, uh, and it does look mightily impressive. Uh, it really does. But uh, again, I invite you to go and have a look at that. Uh, there's a website that is um, dedicated to um, history and technical specifications and um, a gallery, photo galleries of UK transmitter sites in this country um, called the MB21 UK Transmitter Gallery. So again, if that's something that um, interests you, then I would certainly invite you to go and have a look at that. I'm going to put the link to all of the sites that I've mentioned uh, in today's show notes. And, uh, yeah, invite you to have a look and uh, maybe let me know, um, A, if you think I am absolutely crazy, um, or if maybe you share these kind of guilty pleasures with me. Um, Be very interested to hear from you uh, with respect to that. So that is pretty much it for today's show. Thank you very much indeed for listening. If indeed you got this far and didn't go, oh, what is this rubbish? Uh, and switch off on me but anyway thank you very much indeed to Jonathan, Rich and Jessica the latter of the two um, who sent me questions yesterday which I've added to the list and I will address over the next few days so have a wonderful Wednesday I'm working from home it's going to be exciting I think not hope you can join me tomorrow have a great day